following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. We're setting off to the somewhat near future of 2032 in this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have... Editorial writer, Lord GTZ. And our returning guest... Design Canada Podcast creator, Jesse Betteridge. How's it going, Jesse? It actually hasn't been that long since we talked to you. That was no, uh, just, a couple, just a couple, couple of months, months ago. Yeah, yeah no, no, it's going pretty well. I'm glad to be back on the show, and... Uh, have something, you know, slightly more relevant and or directly relevant and, and timely to talk about, which is, you know, it's fun. Yeah, for, for once we can actually talk about the same show airing on two versions of Adult Swim. Yeah, well, I come from a weird alternate dimension where Family Guy and King of the Hill still run on Adult Swim. So it, it's nice that we finally have, we're finally on the same page with something here. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, the Adult Swim Canada schedule, uh, it, it, it's basically indistinguishable from the current FXX schedule, if you if you look at the breakdown. Because you got movies in the morning, you got lots of Family Guy, Archer, and uh, King of the Hill throughout the day. And then you just got, then at night, it's just whatever. Yep. <laughs> that does seem to be the case. It's uh, It's really interesting. Just found out that they are airing Futurama improperly with stretched video, and I am very sad about that. Oof, this pain. That's too I bad. I mean, FXX, you were you were doing so well with Family Guy and King of the Hill. I mean, it's been a long time since people stopped griping about The Simpsons being that way. I think, but I mean, there's still plenty of people who are annoyed about that. But is this the I, first time that's happened with Futurama? No, uh, I, yeah. I believe it's been airing that way on Comedy Central ever since they went to HD feed. Oh, uh, yeah, because I, I imagine you'd lose a lot of jokes that way. Potentially. Yeah. I don't think it's that big of a problem with Futurama, but I am. I have no idea. I've never watched it any other way than full screen. It's not like yeah. that Seinfeld episode with the pothole. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> But that's almost better no because it, it it seems like it seems like George is just like freaking out about nothing. <laughs> yeah, uh, you don't cut the pothole out of the pothole episodes. Failed <laughs> Netflix. What are you doing? Are people so allergic to bars on the side? The algorithms has indicated that the answer may be yes. So who are we to who are who are we to question? We, we can always question. See, I was going to say, we're in, we're, we're in kind of a, an alternate dimension from where um, the Blade Runner world is now, because, you know, their future is a future of an alternate 2019. They have replicants. We have al uh, Netflix algorithms. So, you know, they're kind of similar. <laughs> uh, you know. 
isn't Warner Brothers Studio actually being guided by an algorithm at this point? Like, they joked about that in the Space Jam movie, but I read an article that indicates that that's actually a thing that they do, which is wild. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's what guides all the decisions from here on out, so... Uh, what you gonna do when the when the robots rise up against you, though? <laughs> uh, so we are here to talk about Blade Runner Black Lotus. We got the two episode premiere. It's a monumentous night, but maybe not as monumentous as Tom and Sarah made it out to be. I saw the. <laughs> I saw the wraparound saying this, and yeah, they were they were excited. One of the biggest nights in tsunami history. <laughs> uh, maybe like bottom of the top ten. <laughs> I guess that counts. I, I don't know. Gotta push that corporate synergy. They really and, do. And uh, Tom, you know, I won't I won't judge Tom for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like they're gonna say it's not a big deal. <laughs> it is a pretty big deal. It's a, it's an iconic sci-fi series that they're premiering a brand new animated series of. It's, it's a kind of a big deal. So fair enough. It's just I, one I of the biggest nights in tsunami history is a well, stretch. It's it's certainly one of the most hyped up nights in Toonami history. Has any, uh, okay, well, let, let, let's ignore the classic weekday Toonami. Has any Toonami title received this level of promotion before? You know, that's a fair point. Yeah. And I'm going to say no, because this actually got advertised on other TV networks. <laughs> yeah. And as we alluded to at the beginning, Blade Runner Black Lotus actually is running on Adult Swim Canada day and date as well. Uh, the first time that has happened with an anime that isn't connected to Rick and Morty. Um, and actually the first time it's happened on a Chorus-owned network, because Chorus owns Adult Swim Canada. They used to, they they own YTV, who used to run Bionics a decade ago. This is the first time they've run an anime series on TV in Canada that is not commercially targeted at six-year-olds. So it's something to get excited about. But I'm pretty sure, that, and they have hyped it like crazy. Uh, they were running, I don't think you could, you could not watch Adult Swim Canada for like 30 minutes without seeing at least two ads. Uh, you're seeing at least like three or four an hour, which is crazy. Wow. Weeks in advance. And it was plastered all over their website, which, you know, it's satisfying to see them pushing an anime like that. And, you know, they they document in documentation, they they said it was anime. So they're not hiding the fact that it's anime, which is cool. But I kind of feel that the reason they pushed it that hard was probably because Warner wanted them to. And uh, you, you, you kind of felt that. And I think that they probably would have preferred to not run it on Saturday nights. Uh, but I, I imagine Warner had an expectation that they would do this day and date um, to keep everything in sync and keep everyone's uh, eyes glued at the same time. So, yeah, we, we got it at the same time. But I got to say, it feels lonely uh, when it's just that one show running in the middle of the night on Saturday. Just seems like a, just a just a waste not to be implementing the Fooly Cooly sequels and Fena. Yeah, and they it's, have it's the like rights a, to those. Just yeah. a little little one and a half hour block. 
repeat it. It's not it's not a big deal. Just the do obvious, it. Like obviously as a fan slash person who's just obsessed over this, this stuff for 20 years. Um and I can always always glad to have the chance to just really talk about it um and not be judged by anyone on a show like this. Um <laughs> but uh Obviously, as just as a fan, I'm I'm disappointed that they didn't use this as an opportunity to launch a tsunami block. But even from a business perspective, it's kind of feels like it was a bad move not to because now you don't have anything to attach to the show. It's just kind of, again, lonely all on itself, all, all its all, ah, sorry, all on its own on Saturday nights with no other brand, no other shows that's really connected to. They sandwich it in between a DC DTV movie and uh reruns of primal but you know that's not doesn't work as well as having proper shows when they have access to other shows they can use and you know if there ever was an opportunity to like kind of get that brand off the the ground in canada this was it and they kind of missed their chance and uh what i'm wondering is 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 this show gonna be able to sustain itself or like a sustain an audience for um for that amount of time without like the uh being attached to a brand or being attached to just the general hype of toonami because you know it's pretty good but i don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna do as well uh without you know be, having something else to be attached to like that well we'll, we'll have to see yeah. and also the after it actually premiered it seems the uh, most of the ads they were running have um i don't know if they disappeared but i haven't seen any since oh <laughs> did they play a an episode preview at any point? Oh no, nope, no. There are no episode specific previews. They are just general promos. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Mm. I was expecting that, but it's still kind of disappointing. And and ob- with obviously like no special wraparounds or anything. It's just um, typical Adult Swim banners uh, running on it. So you know, mm. it, it, it kind of sticks out in in a weird way. Um, well, yeah, if nothing else, it's like probably the only CGI animated show they're currently airing. Uh, currently. Hey, uh, actually, on, on that note, they are planning to launch a new show from the Night Sweats guys uh, called oh. Psychops. They actually, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Night Sweats, but it was this um, uh, Mondo Media project had a bunch of animated shorts that were uh, had wraparound segments by these two hosts. Um and it, it wound up running on Adult Swim Canada, the old version of Adult Swim Canada, before they got the 24-hour network uh, a few mm-hmm. years ago. And it's actually pretty good. It's a mixed bag because it's, you know, a bunch of different different shorts. But I like most of them. I think it was uh, really well put together. And Did they run Last Man on that? Oh, no. It's nothing like that. Oh, uh, no. That's a different different company. Uh, although, no, we I thought not, it was we, Mon- I'm pretty sure it was Mondo. I think, uh, you know what? Um... I, th- I think it was either a different Mondo or I'm thinking of a different company because uh, we actually do not get, we don't have access to Last Man at all here. <laughs> uh, oh. Let me, let, I'll, I'll look that up. Um, That's too bad. Uh, I mean, in the US, we only have it on Verve, so. Yeah, it was a, yeah, Comba, Comba it was a co-production between Mondo Media, Blue Ant Media, and Chorus. Um, but I think they kind of inherited it and then they just kind of threw it on. But it was also like, the best original thing they had run in years. And thankfully they got two of the main creative guys uh, to do a new show and they announced it back uh, as a fall premiere, but there's no sign of it showing up yet. So 
you know, we'll, uh, I, I'm, I think that's going to be pushed back to 2022 at this point. Uh, but uh, th- that's going to be a uh, CGI. So um, I expect it's going to be very different from Blade Runner, though, because it's more of a Gary's mod kind of uh, chaotic yeah. approach, judging on how they've done things before. Uh, mm. But that's that, that's a weird thing in the in, in the pipeline, too. Um, but yeah, Blade Runner kind of kind of feels uh, weird on its own. And another thing, uh, and maybe we can talk about this later, but I did notice that Blade Runner Black Lotus was trending on Twitter in the United States, but not Canada. It didn't even show up in like the uh, my York, my customized fake trending thing that shows up before you click trending and see what's actually trending. It just didn't show up at all. So there's uh, definitely a lack of me- momentum, but uh, obviously Toonami in the States has such a long history of everyone just pushing things on Twitter that um, you can't really replicate that overnight. Hmm. Replicate replicants. <laughs> Why are they called replicants when they're not really, you know, re- re- like they're, they're not clones? <laughs> I don't get yeah. it. I don't know. They were just called androids in the original, uh, the original story. But yeah, this is kind of like Reploids and Mega Man X, kind of. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, they are they are definitely giving this series a big push, uh, though notably only really in the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, has it you not know. aired anywhere else? I believe, um, I actually just read this today, HBO Max Latin America is getting it. Oh, interesting. Um, I think HBO Max has it in another country. I forget which one. So the I range is not I imagine the, very far. I imagine the UK will get it, They but they get Adult Swim stuff at a bit of a delay on Channel 4, my understanding. Mm, yeah, that I wouldn't be surprised by that. I know Adult Swim France is running Fena. Oh. Uh, yeah. Or okay. Either they have or they will. I uh, I didn't I didn't follow the news too closely, but Well, Adult Swim France is on Toonami France as I recall, so Oh, it'll probably actually it'll probably actually be during Toonami or Oh, maybe it is during the Adult so, Swim. So wait, so in France they have a channel called Toonami and Toonami mm-hmm. has an Adult Swim block at night. That's what you're telling me. That's what I'm telling you. Okay, that now that is the crazy parallel universe, right? That there. is the <laughs> parallel universe. I know, right? That is that is like my longtime dream from back in the early 2000s. Is like this. I want it. <laughs> this this is what I want. Give it to me. Yeah, they have a. It's a pretty small block. Uh, they got stuff like Close Enough on there, which is pretty cool. Because we don't have close enough on Adult Swim in the U.S. It's finally on TBS, like it was originally supposed to be. But it's a Netflix yeah, like, original in Canada. Yeah, I heard about that. That's yeah. that's that's interesting. Where's Genlock in Canada? Nowhere. Oh man. Oof. Or or is it on Crunchyroll? I think it's on Crunchyroll. I don't think it's on Crunchyroll yet, but it might be. I'm okay. not entirely what, sure. What, was that a Verve thing or a? I thought it was a Crunchy. It was a, it was a Rooster Teeth series right. that was definitely on Verve. It was on Rooster Teeth, and then it yeah. got p- 
picked up by HBO Max for season two. Yeah, anything that's Verve exclusive doesn't exist in Canada. It, it just doesn't. There's like no reason for Verve not to exist in Canada. <laughs> Verve literally only exists in the United States. No other country has it. <laughs> it's not like it has the, the issues that Hulu would have where it's attached to you know, specifically yeah, Hulu, US television network. Hulu, like, 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 it's technically impossible to to make Hulu work in any other country because of the because of their business model. And that's why yeah. we get all that. We get all the. That's why we get American Horror Story on Disney Plus in Canada. Um, <laughs> in the star but, <laughs> In star, yeah. Um, but uh, but but Verve, they were. They, like the crunch, the Crunchyroll peeps, you know, Miles and friends back when they all worked at Crunchyroll. I think most of them are gone now. They were saying, they kept saying, "Don't worry, it's coming. Verve's coming. It's coming any day now to Canada and the UK and all those other places." Never happened. Oh, that aged like milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I am curious how much longer, um, yeah, Verve is even going to be around. That is a good question. It's fairly superfluous at this point, but uh, it's it's hanging on for whatever reason. Whatever reason, we shall we shall see. Uh, so in the U.S., the 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 big push with Blade Runner Black Lotus is uh, like it was it was mentioned on multiple networks. Like it was there was an ad during um, Turner's <laughs> Turner Turner doesn't exist anymore. Um, the A AEW, I, th I think, the wrestling, they they had an ad during that. They had an ad on uh, TNT. So that's uh, that's a pretty good reach. You don't usually get that with pretty much any tsunami show. It is fact when it comes to like promotion on the internet, like during a YouTube or Hulu video. I'm pretty sure the only Toonami show that ever got that was Dragon Ball Super because it's Dragon Ball Super. They did have a bit of a push with Space Dandy, didn't they? Not really. Uh, it, 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 I, it, I recall he hearing that it, they, they ran a couple of ads on some uh, some like sports ball channels at some point. Um, huh. but I, I don't think uh, it was a lot. Maybe. I imagine it's much more with Blade Runner Black Lotus. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. There's well, I is this is a a a property that that Warner Media very much wants to push, and in that uh, attempt to push it very much, they are actually going to be playing the uh, second Blade Runner movie, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, on Adult Swim as a special Friday night tsunami on November twenty sixth, a Friday tsunami that hasn't happened since 2004 <laughs> how about that yeah. oh on that note uh adult swim canada is rerunning black lotus on friday nights uh 11 30 oh. they actually they actually run it multiple times during the night on saturdays as well uh because they do the thing where they only run content till about one or two then after that, just keep repeating content from earlier in the day. Gives you lots of chances to catch Black Lotus if you missed it. But, you know, it kind of, I, I think Adult Swim in the U.S. realized a while ago that 
a television broadcast is much more valuable when it only runs once and then you don't get a chance to see it again for a while or you have to go to VOD or recordings to see it again. Um, which it is, seems to be their method, at least for non-comedies. Which yeah, I, I guess comedies, I yeah, comedies, comedies yeah. They, they span all, all over there. Uh, earlier this year, when Tuca and Birdie and Rick and Morty were in premieres, they would like alternate days in which they would encore those throughout the week. Mm. So you could potentially catch Tuca and Birdie like three or four days a week. And then with Rick and Morty, oh boy, <laughs> like five days a week, you could catch the same episode. It, But it's Rick and Morty, so <laughs> totally understandable. But uh, certainly wouldn't have done Toonami a lot more favors if they would just only encore it a little bit and then also encore it before Toonami. But <laughs> we can't have that now, can we? <laughs> Not like the old days. <laughs> That's okay. But yeah, they're playing the movie and they're also playing the Blade Runner Blackout short that uh, Watanabe directed. So yeah. that is really cool. That's that's actually going to kick off the night on the 26th at 11 p.m. <laughs> Tsunami also airing before midnight, which is not terribly uncommon, but still rather uncommon at the moment. So that's cool. And on a Friday. Kind of with all the, kind of surprised with all the, the hype of Black Lotus that they're still keeping it at midnight. I thought they would have uh, moved it up a little bit for that. I, yeah, I think, I, well, it's it's kind of an odd position, I feel, because on Saturday nights, there's a lot of sports programming and stuff like SNL. So it doesn't really do them that many favors to air these shows much earlier than they already do. Even so, Toonami has proven to be okay in the 11 hour. Mm. I think it really more comes down to they legitimately don't have enough content to stretch that early at the moment, which is unfortunate. <laughs> We're not really sure why, but they... Uh, just finished Black Clover. They just finished My Hero Academia season, and they are not starting any new shows. They're rerunning Fena, and for the moment, they at least for one week are doubling up Yashihime. We don't know what they're going to do the week after that because they haven't released that schedule yet. But here's hoping it's something new. <laughs> but they could certainly keep this doubling up thing going for a little while longer even though they're gonna quickly run out of season one episodes of Yashihime season two is currently being dubbed so they could just keep that ball rolling if they needed to just gonna double up Dragon Ball Super just to make you happy Sketch oh right <laughs> exactly I mean I guess they could do I'd that. love to see them run Akudama Drive um, oh, but that would be, be such good. a good show to pair with Blade Runner Black Lotus. Maybe, maybe it would. Maybe, uh, maybe they don't want to invite comparisons, though, because <laughs> they're, oh. you know, they're similar settings. Oh. But. Similar settings and also use of CGI animation that's arguably a little bit more palpable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looks pretty dang good. It's highly stylized, so that helps, but. I don't know. 
All I know is that DeMarco was aware of it and he liked it. So that's always a good sign for it showing up on Toonami unless they can't get it for whatever reason, which occasionally happens. I don't License know why that weird. would happen. Yeah. You can't have everything. Yeah. <laughs> we we have no idea. But uh, folks are definitely getting restless with the, the situation of the schedule, and I don't want to hang on that for too long of a point. But I personally think it's a good sign that they're not running the uh, Blade Runner movie night on Saturday. That that speaks to perhaps that they want to run the regular lineup, and they may have a good reason for that. Or they might just feel like not running a movie on Saturday because their last uh, Fena Marathon was not, not did not do so hot. <laughs> well, that was on Halloween weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, it was on the thirtieth. You know, people people missed Halloween last year, so you know yeah. I don't I don't blame them for leaving Toonami behind that night. Yeah. And they they haven't done like Fridays have just been kind of nothing. For, yeah, they for over just, a year now. They used to be used to be live action night, but now it's yeah. they're they're not really doing anything with it. They do um, marathons usually, mm. and and back in uh, like September, they had a promotion with Carl's Junior Hardies to do like classic Adult Swim show marathons, and they had a promotional deal with that, which was cool. Except all these shows are stretched, and that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, well, I guess I'll just watch this on HBO Max like they want me to. Because <laughs> uh, if I want to watch they, Futurama, I'm definitely going to Hulu. Yeah. They, they actually don't stretch things on um, Adult Swim Canada. But they're, they, the programming that would take advantage of not being stretched uh, is running thinner and thinner. So, or mm. rather, if they're running like Old Family Guy, it will not be stretched or anything like that. They do, they do keep things in their original aspect ratio. So That's nice. give them that. And do they have an HD feed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Just, just shows that it can be done, and it's a shame when it's not. <laughs> I don't I don't have an H, I don't get an HD feed for Cartoon Network uh, Canada, which which sucks. And <laughs> probably why I don't watch it anymore. But <laughs> hmm. yeah. Yeah, I can watch those uh, Super Dave Osborne reruns in the original aspect ratio. Can't uh, can't wow. beat that. <laughs> this is an aside, but uh, Cartoon Network US has been running movies on Sunday nights, family movies, and they're they're like going yeah, through the whole this. yeah the whole Spider Man catalog. They they ran the Amazing Spider Man, and then they went all the way back to Sam Raimi's first Spider Man movie. Then they played Spider-Man 2, and now they're going to be playing Spider-Man 3. Like, what oh if, are you just trying to get kids prepared for No Way Home? Because <laughs> I'm sure Disney appreciates it. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, uh, they're they, they're they, fun movies, they, so they might just good. Be doing, they might just be doing Sony a solid. Who knows? They might be. They also ran the awful 2014 Ninja Turtles. Oh, God. Just just play the 1991. Warner owns those. <laughs> uh, and it's a Nickelodeon movie, which just feels so wrong, too. I mean, not that playing a Disney-associated movie doesn't feel weird either, but these these barriers are not really 
existent anymore, honestly. You, they, watching <laughs> chorus networks would drive you insane, Sketch. You just, everything would feel wrong to you on a fundamental level. I remember looking at old Teletoon schedules and being like, oh man, look at all this stuff. They got Disney stuff, they got Warner stuff, they got Biocom stuff. What the heck? <laughs> I honestly, yeah. I, I would have enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, Teletoon has had a lot of ups and downs over the years, for sure. And mm. right, right now, they're technically a quote-unquote kids-only network, but they still run stuff for adults at night. Like they ran the Mortal Kombat DTVs on uh, on there, which was a that was a choice. <laughs> that, that was a choice. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's something. Wow. That is something. Yeah, and it also makes it clear that they could very well still be running it. It is still entirely viable that they could run anime on, on Teletoon, but it just yeah, won't happen in the current environment. Sad. I guess not. But uh, I guess we don't need to keep bemoaning the point. <laughs> no, no. At least at the moment. But yeah, big, big push for Blade Runner. And fairly warranted, I mean... So it's kind of a big deal. I mean, did you see that drone show? I actually didn't see that. What I I probably it, still can. They flew a bunch of drones around and had them like uh, basically form an ad in the sky, which uh, is weirdly dystopian. Maybe uh, maybe appropriate even. Um, <laughs> Boy, I hope nobody comes a bomb scare. <laughs> Boston. Uh, <laughs> oh, that would have been that would have been. Um, Interesting, but I don't. As far as I know, that that didn't happen. Um, and this is a quite a few steps up from uh, from that particular ad campaign. From I, some I light say. rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, they are dumping money into promoting this show because they uh, Warner has definitely changed its mind when it comes to to pushing uh, synergy between its um, all its factions, which. Just, it wasn't the case a few years ago, so it's it's interesting to see. I don't I I, I hesitate to say it's a good thing, um, <laughs> but it's um, you know it's 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 neat. I'll tell you what we were missing uh, some kind of nod to Blade Runner in Space Jam: A New Legacy. Oh, there was no Blade Runner in that. I thought they I had everything. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. They, I they definitely, definitely didn't. They definitely didn't show like a Looney Tune popping up in Blade Runner. So there's that, but I there could have been something in the background of ridiculous amounts of background characters, but I don't think so. It, I, I heard that that movie had like characters from like the that band 70s horror movie, The Devils, hidden yes. in the background of of space of the new Space Jam movie, but they didn't yes. put in Blade Runner 2049 did that badly. <laughs> well, it, at least they're giving it a good. It's honestly kind of weird to see Warner Brothers caring about Blade Runner after that only did so-so. I think but, they may. I think they may have made a calculated decision that hey, we know Blade Runner is not that popular with mainstream audiences, but the audience that likes anime, it's like total overlap there. So. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Maybe they just see an option, uh, an opportunity to try and maximize that. How nice for uh, a company to think, hmm, we got this popular sci-fi property. Let's make an animated series out of it. 
instead of the opposite. I'm looking at you, Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to talk about that today, unless you really want to. <laughs> no, no. We got to wait until it actually comes out to really talk about it. But boy, those reviews. <laughs> I, I think whatever you have to say now is probably going to wind up being valid. But we'll, we'll just leave that at that. Shinichiro Watanabe apparently uh, involved in both of these things. But he's apparently involved in a lot of things. Yeah. And just because he's involved doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> Let's just get that one out of the way. Yeah. But Space Dandy was glorious, and I won't hear anything other. <laughs> Space Dandy was great, but I don't, I don't think he even did that much on Space Dandy. I think that no, was... No, it's uh, really a Shingo Yeah, Shingo, Shingo Natsume was doing most of the heavy lifting there. He, he, he definitely... All the heavy uh, yeah, what Watanabe definitely um, he 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 got he got his hands a little dirtier when he was doing uh, Carol on Tuesday, for sure. You you, mm-hmm. you could tell he was very hands on with that one, and for better or worse, Terror and Residence was uh was all him too. Um, but uh, I yeah, I'm not with with um Black Lotus. I don't know how much he uh really he's, did. He's just a producer. It's it's really. Uh, Aramaki and Kenji, yeah, Kamiyama. Yeah, I mean, his like official title is like creative producer. So yeah, yeah, that's 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 an even more nebulous form of producer. So yeah, right. <laughs> no, this is this is a solo digital art show from yeah. Shinji Aramaki and Kenji Kamiyama, who of course did uh, plenty of Ghost in the Shell stuff. So and Appleseed. And Appleseed. Yeah. And the Ultraman anime. Yes, and uh, compared to all of that, this show certainly has a much better presentation. It is a monumental step up compared to everything else we've seen from Solar Digital Arts. But unfortunately, it's um, still not exactly uh, the best showcase of, of CGI anime, unfortunately. We've, uh, we have seen better. For sure. Yes. Yes. We we have seen better. But for a TV show, it's it's pretty solid CG. Uh, <laughs> my my father, bless his heart. I kid you not, he said, I really like these graphics. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and that might just be the episode title. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that I have been able to share this show and the recent Batman movie, the, um, long Halloween. I watched both of those with my father actually watched, watched Blade Runner Black Lotus with both my parents and they seemed interested enough. I don't think my mother's going to keep watching it, but my father said he would, so that's i think that's pretty cool what was has he seen blade runner is he a or is he a fan of uh like the he's other seen, movies and he's stuff? seen yeah. blade runner he's he's not like a huge fan of sci-fi stuff but he, he likes sci-fi stuff pretty well so they both do i mean we watched dune <laughs> not too uh just uh about a week ago so he's usually up for some sci-fi stuff or some superhero stuff so it's not a big stretch, but still, I was a little surprised that he was all aboard 
checking it out. And I, I think that's that shows they're doing something right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I think that's that's pretty cool. Regardless of whether or not you think this was ever a good idea, <laughs> it's gonna reach an audience that a lot of the content on Toonami just never would. So yeah, exactly. I think that's an admirable thing to attempt. So let's get into it. We have our first two episodes, City of Angels and All We Are Not. And we start off the first episode. L is on some kind of transport devices. It seems to be like a, a truck. Initially, I was like, is she on a train? <laughs> no, it's, it's the future. It's like a transport vehicle, which she like hijacks because there's no actual driver. <laughs> she just stops in front of it. And then it stops, mm -hmm. and then she climbs in, gets into the city. And she has no memory of anything before this point, except for, like, vague, vague, vague memories of where a certain building is, where she thinks is her home. And she has this encrypted data device. And that's all she's got on her, other than the clothes on her back. And she winds up in Los Angeles in 2032, where people are about as friendly as they are in Los Angeles today. <laughs> I, I got to say, what do you guys, what are your feelings on like the visual presentation of um, L.A. 2032 in this? I, I think it's very Blade Runner. <laughs> like it, they did an excellent job of recreating the look of the Blade mm -hmm. Runner films. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Like, I feel like it it fits a good balance of, like, it kind of looks like the aesthetic of the original Blade Runner, but it also looks like it might be a bit more chaotic, like, since Blackout and stuff, too. So it's, like, it's mm -hmm. similar, but things have changed. Yeah, it's a bit, maybe a bit more grungier, also a bit more neon, and yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of a bit more busy, and... It, it feels like a fairly lived-in city, and I, I think the aesthetics work really well. Uh, you, you see all kinds of people walking around, eating at little diners out in the street. You see all kinds of buildings. <laughs> First, we're panning across the thing and say, oh, does that building say rugs or does it say drugs and the D's cut off? Yeah, the D's cut off. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I thought it uh it it felt less dystopian than you know what we've seen in the in the previous in the at least in the first film uh at least did it, it, it like everything is um it fits yeah. uh and it, you, you feel that continuity with um with the film and and the other blade runner stuff we've seen before it but I don't know it almost seems framed a little differently like you had you kind of have this um this sort of xenophobia in the, the original Blade Runner with, um, you know, w w with the emergence of, of Asian cultures kind of feel like they're taking over. Here, it, it feels more natural. I don't know if it's because you're having this version that's sort of seen through the eyes of Japanese creatives or because attitudes have just changed over the last mm. 30 years or 40 years or or whatever. And I think that that, that kind of... Uh, it's kind of reflective a little bit on how we see the city portrayed here. Cause it, you know, it seems, it, it, it kind of seems more like a, like a vibrant, more of an, a, like an actual realization of, uh, you know, what if these 
cultures converge in this place, what would it what would it kind of look like? Uh, I don't know. It, um, it, I wouldn't say it necessarily looks that much worse than the current L.A. <laughs> it, it seems like a fairly reasonable jump to a future Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, it's only supposed to take place about 10 years in the future from now. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, we're in an alternate timeline where yeah. uh, where where uh, where where, where uh, self-driving Tesla cars will stop if you stand in front of them. So, yeah, that's that's a good change. Yeah. <laughs> Among others. That's a good change. Like uh yeah, there's there's uh various things that are incorporated into these episodes that they just didn't exist when the original Blade Runner was made, so they, they wouldn't have done them like the UFC style fighting ring. Like that that wasn't a thing. So it's interesting to see them use replicants in that manner so that's yeah i mean the the original film didn't give that much context for no. what replicants actually did uh in society i think well, if you read like the, the original book do androids dream of electric sheep which I, I have not read since middle school but it, it definitely through exposition gave more context in blade runner the film uh, actually mm-hmm. it has been a while since i've watched it as well but it's more about when things go wrong with the replicants uh, yeah. and you, you get smaller glimpses of, of the, the more practical side of it. So yeah, I guess, yeah, it's a, a, a neat window you get through, through this version. here. Yeah. So you have all of these clashes of cultures and apparently city speak is a language that is commonly spoken in this mm-hmm. version of Los Angeles. And Elle has no idea what any of that means because she only speaks English or whatever is supposed to be the language that she speaks that we are hearing is English. And this can cause some problems when she's trying to get information, uh, such as a run-in with some thugs in the middle of an alley who see her, you know, trying to figure out her situation and is like, well, this girl doesn't seem to have a clue. Let's uh, go mug her. But that doesn't go so well for them because even though she has no idea that she's capable of it, she experiences some flashbacks and suddenly can beat the living tar out of them. (laughs) And they're none too thrilled about that. So she escapes and goes looking for a particular building. Uh, All she really knows is the address and that there is a painting of an angel on the side. And thankfully there is a very helpful homeless woman who pointed her in the right direction. <laughs> I mean, when all else fails, ask a homeless person. They'll have the clues in the right direction, right? Uh, I wonder if she felt any bad about not being able to give her anything for the trouble, but she literally had nothing that she could give her. <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll come back around at some point. But she finds a building with uh, the things that she's looking for. And it turns out that it's a building where there's a shop owned by Doc Badger, who takes a look at her tech and tells her that he might be able to crack it, but he's not going to do it for free. And she's like, well, I don't have any money. He's like, ah, forget it. Get out of my shop. And then she thinks, well, you got these guys muscling you for 
money and information and such, and I could take care of that for you, I guess. Uh, sure. Try your best at that. And if you don't, I get to keep your tech. So, whatever. And she goes back out and attracts the trouble from the gang and incapacitates them quite well. <laughs> like, uh, she takes them down real fast. Uh killing their leader and injuring a lot of them and then she goes back to Doc's shop and he's like oh you're alive <laughs> and he tells her that he can't do anything about this device but he knows somebody who might be able to help so the end of the first episode has them walking up a particularly familiar apartment complex where they find Joseph, drunk and passed out on the couch. Or Dr. J, as mm -hmm. Dr. Badger refers to him. And in the second episode, they wake him up. L pours some booze on him, which is so wasteful. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> Darrell would I mean, not she doesn't, stand she, for it. <laughs> she doesn't know what's what right now. Yeah. You can use a sword, but, you know, <laughs> Clearly the not. value of alcohol, whatever. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> and Doc is like, hey, you take a look at this. And he's like, I don't want to deal with this tech. And as they're talking about it, L looks over at the television and sees a meeting between Senator Bannister and Yander Wallace. And she's like, wait a minute. I recognize somebody here. Who are these people? And Doc Badger tells her. So she goes to track down Senator Bannister, which she has some vague memory of. And he is having a jolly old time down at the uh, Underground Fighting League, where he's probably placed some bets and about to make some money. And she busts in pretty easily. I mean, I feel bad for these security guards. Like, they should have just let her in. <laughs> Would have been a whole lot less painful. <laughs> And L confronts Senator Bannister and is able to remember more of her memories. And he tells her that she was fresh off the assembly line as a uh, replicant and that she's not human and that she was uh, essentially being hunted for sport when he last saw her. He, he, can't use, he can't use real humans because he's a politician and has to make yeah. some effort to maintain appearances. So they just use robots instead. Yeah. yeah it's like shooting a deer. Yeah. Sort of. So they get into a tussle, and this guy's actually surprisingly strong. <laughs> but L manages to overpower him and drop him off the balcony, killing him. And nobody seems to really notice. Yeah, he fall, he, he lands on the ground there and the, the crowd doesn't really react. They just kind of, they move and just keep watching the fight. Just an ordinary dead politician here, folks. Nothing nothing yeah. to see. Nothing to see here. I, I do, uh, I, I think that that was a fairly realistic fall to the ground there. Like, plenty of shows would go the extra mile and be like, splat, right? But this this was more of a thud, and then you see some blood. It's like, yeah, that seems a bit more realistic than most shows do these things. Probably wouldn't have been that big of a mess. It wasn't that high up, but 
don't know. I might be overthinking it. Anyway, he went uh, for plop, and nobody seemed to care. But it was still reported on the news that he died, and it was also reported to uh, Neander Wallace Sr., who was talking to his son, Neander Wallace Jr., over a game of Go, which his father tells him that he, uh, he thinks Go is a good game for intellectual development, but is it doesn't reward... What did he say? Doesn't reward... Do you remember the exact thing he said, V-Lord? I think it was like, doesn't reward like accomplishment or something? No, it was... Aggression, maybe it was something along those lines. I don't know. It, it feels like it's poignant and kind of it, it, it explains a bit of his character. So I was trying to remember it. Uh, meanwhile, his son's like, Dad, you're so old fashioned. I'm emo Peter from Spider Man 3. I brought it back. <laughs> like, seriously, he looks like he's about to dance. Wall Street <laughs> just like peak supervillain like anime emo boy <laughs> all I care about is my little board game <laughs> <laughs> which you know of course they don't have Jared Leto coming back for that <laughs> but it's, it's, it's it was good it was good so after L kills this guy she uh, stumbles into an alley and ex experiences more upsetting flashbacks isn't it awful when your only memories just trigger your ptsd <laughs> and she I mean, it was a she had a rough week and a half so yeah <laughs> and she she remembers that she was in the desert being hunted uh there was somebody who trained her and then she was being hunted with a bunch of other replicants. And she escaped, like I said, using the method of getting onto the transport vehicle that just stopped for her because it has to stop. There's, a, there's somebody in the way. <laughs> and she's stumbling through the alley, remembering a few more things and is getting very upset. And she looks over and sees Joseph approaching her. And then he pulls out a gun shooting her and incapacitating her for the moment. Now that would have been an interesting cliffhanger if moments later Toonami hadn't aired the episode preview. <laughs> Oops. Well, hey, maybe maybe we were spared in Canada in this case. Maybe maybe your next episode previews aren't all what they're made up to be. <laughs> uh, honestly, if we're talking Toonami ones, yeesh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Some... Sometimes, man, sometimes. I, they're generally fine and not a problem, but sometimes. I'll never forget the Attack on Titan one. <laughs> we learn more about the colossal and armored Titan. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> just just blow that, right? Just, just blow it. <laughs> So yeah, the episode preview makes it very apparent that L is not dead. They could have done a whole bait and switch on us. I don't know. That would have been a shame, though. Uh, and before she got shot by Joseph, she was uh, uh, there was a police officer who tried to talk to her, who previously 
beat up some guy for whatever reason. <laughs> Ray Chase was in this episode twice as two guys who got their asses handed to him. <laughs> but they should feel lucky because the guy that L killed, well, that was pretty low, below the belt. I'm pretty sure she stabbed him in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, he was wide open. You got to go for what's there. Yes, he definitely was wide open. She There's... punched that one. She punched that one lady in the boob too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See, uh, you know, <laughs> these <laughs> these hands are unisex. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when I pointed out how L stabbed the guy below the belt, Jester Slayer responded on Twitter, "Well, that's one way to lose no nut November." <laughs> That is it's October. True. It's October. So in the show. So he didn't oh, even get a oh. chance. <laughs> oh, he didn't even get a chance. Uh, nice. Yeah, so that's the that's the rough beats of what happened that episode. I'm sure that uh, Officer Alani Davis will be a recurring character and i feel like it's so great to have this badass lady cop we haven't really had one of those on toonami since michiko and hachin so that's that's nice to see so you uh both of you have only seen the first two episodes what's aired because i know there are some uh v nah, lord oh. seen the third oh yeah. so, so you did get a screener okay yeah i was the one who had to review it for tf so i have seen episode three uh, okay I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure chorus has like a big pile of them right now. And they're just like, no, not for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no Lotus for you. Yeah. Uh, that's unfortunate. I could probably, you know, use the boost. <laughs> I can. But... It's fine. I can wait a week. <laughs> yeah, it's not that big a deal. When I when I found out that we were able to get the first two episodes because originally it was just the first two episodes I was like nah, i can wait v lord seems like the better guy for doing this so extended mm -hmm. to v lord and found out he get the third episode i was like well now that now i'm a little jealous <laughs> yeah it was weird i think like they put it up later than the first two because that had a different embargo date as well yeah yeah so that that leads me to believe that they probably could have started this show Maybe a week or two sooner, but eh, it is what it is. Oh, I'm sure this whole thing has been in the can for a while. <laughs> uh, although we didn't see any footage of it until just a couple months ago. And then mm -hmm. for the last month and a half, it's just been total nonstop bombardment of of clips. In fact, I, I, I felt like I had already seen many parts of these first two episodes just from from all the ads and uh, I'll admit the story, it's it is good and it fits well within the Blade Runner universe. Not not a lot of groundbreaking stuff. I don't think it's going to do anything to so far, at least it doesn't seem like it's going to do anything all that adventurous, um, you know, sort of within that universe or within the themes that we've seen in Blade Runner stuff. But yeah, I could be wrong. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, it seems like it's basically retreading a lot of the same ground that uh, 2049 did. I guess the main advantage I feel Black Lotus has is the fact that it is like a full show. So I guess I have more time to actually 
explore Elle's character, which I guess is like what I'm most interested in so far. Yeah, I would definitely like to. I'm I'm sure that they will do uh, plenty to explore Elle because it's kind of the whole point. I would think. But if uh, her whole revenge thing kind of spins off of the situation that she escaped from, that's, I don't know, that's a little undercooked, perhaps. Like, yeah, it was a bad situation, but like, does that really mean you should go on a vendetta to kill all these people? Maybe. I guess we'll find out more in time. Yeah, I am curious if, like, the next, like, 11 episodes are just going to be entirely a revenge plot, because I feel like that would get kind of tiresome. Yeah, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt here, and because, one, they're clearly setting up the Wallaces to be very bad. <laughs> very, very bad, shady people. Uh-huh. And that senator certainly wasn't a good fella. <laughs> and he's probably got plenty of friends like him. So we'll see. But uh, as for the cast so far, uh, I definitely like Joseph. I think he's got some good swagger to him. I'm looking forward to more of him interacting with L. We're going to get the special test in episode three. Oh yeah. Oh, we're supposed. You can you can tell we're supposed to be excited for that. Yeah, that's probably the whole reason why they put it in the preview. <laughs> like, oh, 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 it's the thing. They're doing the thing. I know that they're doing the thing. Honestly, so far, any references to prior Blade Runner stuff have been so innocuous that you probably wouldn't even notice them if you weren't. Are you sure? Like when when she jammed her thumbs into the senator's eyes, I was just like. Oh, I get that reference. Yeah. I, I get it, get it. <laughs> yeah. And the particular building that they mm-hmm. were going into, I was like, oh, I remember that building. Could just be a building that looks awful like it, but it's it's a nice nod without being obtrusive. But yeah, the, <laughs> the sticking her fingers with <laughs> eye thing is definitely... And, uh, and uh, I, I've seen people say that... Uh, the reason why she's got the bandage on her nose is to be like uh, uh, Ryan Gosling's character in 2049. Maybe. Not entirely sure, but maybe. Do you know if this show was recorded as prelay with the English voices, or did they animate it and then dub everything over afterwards? It was prelay. I, it was prelay. Yeah, I think it was prelay. Yeah, they mentioned it in a. Uh... I think it was the San Diego Comic Con panel. Oh, okay. So it was it was recorded in English first and then dubbed in Japanese. Yeah. And yeah, the animation I, I have... was done after the recordings. Yeah. I uh man, it it feels a little rough for Prelay, I I got to say. Um I mean, I know they're it's it's anime, so of course the the light, they're never going to put that much attention on the lip flaps, but Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I there were times when it feels like where it felt like they were the voices were being dubbed over the animation or I mean you know, there were likely retakes as well but I, I wouldn't doubt yeah. that there were retakes yeah. yeah I 
I believe Wes Gleason is the director. He has done plenty of animated things before. So I'm a little perplexed the line delivery of some of these characters. Yeah. Because they're all very capable actors. So it could just be that they weren't really sure what to bring to that moment, which is unfortunate because it does make some line reads really flat. There, There were some pretty bad line reads. Um, that, 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 that actually stuck out to me quite a bit. I'm, I'm sorry to say, um, that part of it just didn't, just didn't, um, just didn't pop like, uh, like I feel it should, especially for a show that's being done in prelay like this, it should feel a little more natural and it, uh, it didn't. Yeah. But, uh, I think for the most part, Elle was really good. She was maybe not quite as emotive as she could have been at points, but I I think that's kind of just the tone of the character. So overall, I think most of her line delivery was fairly good. It it certainly wasn't grating. But if Doc Badger was the main character, I... (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, there were some 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 rough takes and and weird choices uh, with a lot of that. I feel we haven't, we haven't heard a lot of Joseph yet, but Joseph seems fine. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think like most of his delivery in the next episode is pretty good. I'd say it's like uh, on par with Al overall. That's that's good. Uh, I I would say uh, Senator Bannister was good. Uh, both the Wallaces were good. His, his lip flaps were very um, unnatural. Like, mm. <laughs> and yeah. it felt like his, mouth, his mouth was just kind of moving up and down a lot of the time. You you can tell which characters they gave more attention to and made more flexible. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> the uh, I mean, I mean, you look at the boxing scene with you know the the, the two waxy boys who are who who are boxing. <laughs> Like he, they, they didn't get a lot of attention. They didn't, they didn't take a lot of time with those guys. They figured out how, what the fight choreography was going to be, kind of modeled it around that, and 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 called it a day. They didn't uh, even really give them body hair. No, yeah. <laughs> Which I suppose you could argue they may have shaved off, but come on, <laughs> they just, they just didn't give them body hair. Which would have gone they could just they can just do it they can that's just how they wanted it so they <laughs> they're they like a they like a smooth boy yeah. <laughs> Senator Bannister likes his boys smooth <laughs> oh no yeah but yeah so, yeah but I noticed that his, his lip flap movements on 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 Senator Bannister were were quite bad it uh, it, it kind of threw me off and and. Yeah, they they definitely made choices. Like all of the, the most attention, of course, goes to L, uh, yeah. for for everything, every every part of her design, for the way her her mouth movements work, for the way she she looks during fight choreography scenes, and her hair. Her hair looks okay. The hair on every other character in this looks like total crap. Um, no, no, Joseph's hair is good. I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're they're all pretty bad. Um, I, I I don't know. I think um, Aramaki and Kamiyama shouldn't be allowed to do more CGI until they they get hair figured out. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the thing that that jumped out at me the most through this. It was, yeah, and and L's hair still isn't even that good. Um, it's uh, it's not up to par. It's uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's passable. I yeah. I don't particularly care for the like the stuff in her hair braid. It's like it clashes with the whole aesthetic. I don't really care for it. <laughs> and the buttons on her jacket. I suppose they're that, like little, yeah. little touches for personality, but it's just like we don't need that. Just... Where did she get those buttons? Like, <laughs> well, she just took the jacket. Took from, the jacket. Yeah, I guess they were from, from Doc. But, but, but they're not her personality. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but she, she she essentially <laughs> put in some hair braids. So yeah. But I mean, how else was she gonna keep her hair out of her face? I suppose. <laughs> but she's gonna roll with it. Well, her first outfit from her flashback is like she just looks like Tifa. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not a bad thing of course pretty much everybody else was dressed the same <laughs> i guess that's just the default uniform when you're a hunted replicant <laughs> perhaps it's fine cgi animation but it's not gonna do much to win over people who immediately dismiss cgi animation yeah i mean the environments look really good i think Compared to, I guess the most recent thing to compare to would be Ghost in the Shell 2049 on oh, it's Netflix. So much better than that. And it is much better than that. I think they, like they, they haven't improved much in terms of like character models. And depending on the lighting of the scene, it really shows sometimes. The scenes that are darkly lit, the characters look okay. But as soon as there's like any degree of light in the in the the scene, then the then you start noticing all the problems. Um, but I, th I think they also kind of understood their limitations a little better this time and made different choices with the lighting and, and the settings and the way they um, handled the environments, which, which you know, is good. Uh, making television animation works, work is all about knowing your limitations a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But again, it's still still pretty rough overall. Uh, the action choreography is, is good. Um, Motion capture, baby. Yeah, exactly. It helps. Actually, you had uh, a motion capture budget. <laughs> the um, the you know the punches and the kicks, they they land okay. They don't have quite, still don't have quite the impact that they that they probably should. But it you know it's fine. It uh it it, it works fine. Uh, it, it it's they sell the action scenes well enough, so I can't complain that much. Yeah, I think the the second scene finding the punks. Yeah, she goes through the gates and it's kind of lit in green and then you pan over and it's kind of lit in red. I think that that'll work really nicely, dynamically. Mm -hmm. Good good set, good lighting, and it lended itself to the fight. But yeah, when there isn't a particular effort put into the lighting, it definitely shows <laughs> more of the uh, rough edges of this production. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely going to have to impress with the storyline because it's really not going to do it with the visuals alone. But the soundtrack is really good. Oh, boy. Uh, I've been listening to the uh, full album for Black Lotus on Spotify like crazy the past few days. Yeah, it's on Spotify and Tidal and various other streaming music services. Both, uh, Both like the album of the songs and also the score are uh, available, which is nice. I appreciate being able to hear that stuff outside of the show. I think it was a pretty good first impression. Could have been better. 
definitely could have been worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's off to a, a promising start for the story. It could go south or it could just get really boring. We'll see. I don't think I, I don't expect it's going to get that bad. But right now, I'm not expecting it to get too uh, <laughs> to go anywhere too crazy. Um, I can I can I can remain optimistic. I'll uh, I'll keep I'll keep tuning in for sure, even though I don't have a tsunami block to give me the incentive to do that. Yeah, I mean, for me, as long as it doesn't become like Xarb or something, it's still Ooh. watchable. <laughs> or Tesla Note. <sighs> oh, oh God, yeah. Tesla Note, boy, that oof. It's a rough production. <laughs> and what was that? Uh, the other one, Kazizakura or something that that uh, High Dive licensed. Because I didn't think it was gonna be CG, but then I checked it out. I was like, oh, this is CG. They, it, they pull that on you sometimes. Yeah, it's, seems fairly reminiscent of like the same kind of CG as uh, Soccer Awards, that recent Soccer Awards series. So where it, it's kind of trying to be 2D, but also CG. Yeah. But then on the other hand, we also have Mute King, the dancing hero, which has uh, a wonderfully bad looking CGI fight sequence in every episode, but it's you know, it's kind of supposed to look bad and cheesy, so it works in that sense. That Let's make show the, maybe the is, best utilization <laughs> is uh, that show is a delight. <laughs> uh, I I thought I was the only person under forty watching that show. <laughs> no, no, I uh, I forced duelists to check it out with me. Oh. We we've seen two episodes now. We actually watched the second one today. Good, and, highly recommend. Uh, it's 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 a very quirky show, and I. I think it's it's pretty fun. And uh, for Toonami hopefuls that uh, the borderline mecha show from Sunrise, I think, is uh, a good potential option for Toonami that isn't Gundam, but is giant robots. I'd like to see it. I mean, give us that or Back Arrow. Yeah, Back hey, Arrow. Back Arrow would be good. great. That would be a, That would be a fun time. They uh, they definitely ham up the dub with that one, which is appropriate because it is a ridiculous show. Yeah, I want to. I'm I'm glad it got a dub, and I uh, would like to see the dub to see just how uh, how hard they push the cheese factor because I can only help it. Speaking of things, I'm glad they got a dub. Ah, oh, taxi. Oh yeah. All right, can't wait. So stoked. Sure, we had to wait a year after it actually started running in Japan, but better late than never. I feel like that's probably Funimation influence <laughs> that they're dubbing that and uh, Nagatoro and some other stuff. Oh, and Sakugan. I'm happy Sakugan's getting a dub. That's uh, that's a neat show. I watched a couple it's episodes a of that. It's a good season for Mecha fans that have been like, where do Mecha shows at? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say any of these shows are like classics in the making per se, but they're watchable. They're not. They're not Valve Rafe. <laughs> I feel like that's a very low bar, though. Yes. <laughs> but think of all the recent mecha shows that have been such a disappointment. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just trying to think of any recent mecha shows, and like I'm having. Having a hard time. <laughs> Fair enough. Just thinking of anything we haven't mentioned already. Yeah. It's also 
I, I suppose it was October for the start of the fall season, so all these vampire shows aren't that surprising, but still there's a lot of them, <laughs> including one about a vampire cosmonaut. I'll take the vampire shows over the isekai. <laughs> but they're fact, still isekai. I, I can support this trend. <laughs> Fair enough. So, along with Blade Runner, there's pretty decent amount of uh, sci-fi options to, to watch right now, which is pretty cool. If you like sci-fi anime. And they're not all CG. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Well, I, I do hope that the audience responds to this. I, like I said, I think it's pretty cool that both my parents actually watched this with me. Yeah, and, that's that's pretty neat. And uh, I mean, it's not going to be everyone's experience, but kind of sets yeah. an idea of you know, what the potential reach for this this show is. Do, do we know what the ratings were yet? I guess it's a little too early to, uh, no. uh, to get that info. Honestly, ratings numbers don't hardly mean anything anymore they're just i know it's 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 all changed since the uh those early obsess over ratings days of uh of toonami and adult swim action and <laughs> even then it was much ado about nothing <laughs> but yeah i mean they they're the ones that got the ball rolling with their weekly this is what this show did and this is what this show did and <laughs> yeah. look at the anime doing so much worse than our comedy but, ha 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 but hey, I did want to. Um, one thing I did want to bring up again, and I mentioned it earlier, was was trending on Twitter. So, and I, I was hoping that you guys might be able to explain this a little better to me. So I know that trending, making things trend on Twitter, this has been instrumental to Toonami's return over the last eight years, and that the fact that people would you know, tweet a hashtag for whatever is running on Toonami and make it trend in the United States has you know, ha has had a measurable impact on the success of the block and their ability to keep it going. And mm -hmm. I, I was just curious, like, what, like, what was the, um, like, how was this organized? Was this, was, was this just spontaneously happen? Or did fans actually spend time deliberately planning to make every show trend in order to increase the visibility? Like, I, 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 I kind of forget the details from back then. Oh, it was deliberate. Uh, yeah. Toonami Faithful, the the Toonami News Twitter account that we run is uh, fairly instrumental in that whole movement. We mm. we really pushed trending, as particularly early on, because the fact of the matter is, Toonami trending and bring back Toonami trending is a big reason why it came back at all because they did that one-off event on April 1st in 2012, and they saw the response was so tremendous, they thought, hey, we can make this work, maybe. And then ever since then, trending has been a really important aspect of showing the network, showing advertisers that people are engaging with this content in a way that traditional ratings are more and more failing to do mm -hmm. yeah exactly because i'm i'm just wondering like it, it typically is pretty easy to get things to trend in canada like politicians abuse this all the time you see the most ridiculous political hashtags mm. <laughs> running in canada constantly and I, I just wonder what would it take to get this show to trend in canada alongside the united states because i mean i don't have the 
platform to kind of push that thing myself. Mm. And I don't know, there, there's a couple entities who, who, who could probably try and try and promote that, but I don't know. I, I, I it's going to be, it would be difficult to replicate this, but it could, it could go a long way for building the case for, mm. you know, anime on adult swim in Canada, but I'm, uh, I'm kind of at a loss of how to sort of, uh, sort of help that along i think perhaps um u.s-based twitter accounts could potentially help in that regard because people in canada can see those tweets oh yeah exactly so a call to arms from the u.s or other countries could potentially uh, improve the reach in canada so maybe uh maybe Toonami faithful should make that push (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. I mean, what 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 is your Canadian following? How how much do Canadians care about you know the tsunami news? That's a good question. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I know I know we do have some listeners in Canada, yeah. but certainly not a tremendous amount. Yeah. So I don't know. But even if people aren't like uh, necessarily following us intentionally, the tweets could still reach them. So, I don't know. That's, I think that's it's how kinda, it usually happens a lot of the time. It's kind of odd that it, if it's trending so easily in the U.S., why it wouldn't also trend in Canada if it's, you know, available there. Yeah, I thought it would at least show in my custom trends, and it didn't even show up in that. So, I, I think so much of why it trends, something like that would trend in the U.S. is because of just the history and like established practice of mm-hmm. tweeting Toonami shows that, that people just do anyway for every show that runs on Toonami. And it's just, you know, how do you get that off the ground in Canada? I don't know, but I think it could make a difference if people did. I, uh, I don't think we're going to determine a solution to that today, but um, you know, it's something to think about. Yeah. I, I think uh, some concentrated effort could potentially make some progress. Yeah. If uh, if anyone has ideas about that, feel free to reach out to me. I'll uh, my contact info will be at the end of the show. Yeah, it could it, it could go a long way. Granted, uh, Adult Swim Canada doesn't itself doesn't even have a <laughs> social media presence. Uh, that's the funny thing about them is that they I think I think I talked about this in the last episode I was on is that they they kind of just want you to use the adult the U.S. Adult Swim uh, social media. They said, oh, we're we're going to try to be the same station. You can just follow them. But there's so much that's different between the Canadian and the U.S. one. And, you know, obviously we talk a lot about the the problems of the Canadian one. But, you know, we get I'm glad I get I get I get to see Joe Perro without delay every week. Um, the Sunday premieres uh-huh. pretty much all happen, except for the ones that are in like a weird right space, like um, like Final Space or, or Tuca and Birdie. Uh, although we will probably get Tuca and Birdie in the in the near future um but for, for like most of the the sunday premieres they happen at the same time so I'm, I'm glad that happens even though we don't really have a proper streaming option for it but yeah it's 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 just weird that they um that they just kind of leave that uh that social media aspect unattended the, the only way you can contact them is they have one email address that uh that you can find on their website and it's they actually have two email addresses on their site and one of them is wrong uh, they have one that says info Oops. at adultswimcanada.ca, which doesn't exist. But they have another one. It's um, adultswimcanada at chorusent.com. That's C-O-R-U-S-E-N-T. 
Dot, or is it dot com or dot ca? Let me double check that. Dot com. Of course, and dot com. So sometimes they reply. But yeah, it's just it's just kind of weird that that it's like that. And but uh, you know, I, I still think trending on, on Twitter could uh, could make a difference. I think it potentially could. Yeah. So we'll we'll see if we can help out in that regard. Because we want to help. Yeah, well, there's there's usually nothing that we can do to help Canada, <laughs> but maybe this time, well, maybe this time we can actually do something. Maybe it's uh, something to look at, I guess. Yeah, but it's uh that it's always interesting when there's a disparity like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think uh, that that'll do it for our discussion on these two episodes of Blade Runner Black Lotus. I think it's off to a fair start, and we'll. We'll see where it goes from here. Uh, as a reminder, in case you're not up to date with Toonami's schedule, this upcoming Saturday, uh, after Blade Runner Black Lotus, which is leading the block at midnight, they will be airing two episodes of Yashihime at 12.30 and 1 a.m., followed by Food Wars at 1.30, Naruto Shippuden at 2.00, Fena reruns at 2.30, Dr. Stone reruns at 3.00, and Dragon Ball Super reruns at 3.30. And then after Toonami, if you're still awake, they rerun additional episodes of Naruto Shippuden and Samurai Jack in power blocks. Those same Naruto Shippuden episodes air at 9.00 p.m. in primetime, if you're actually around for them. Which is still pretty weird to see Naruto back in primetime for the first time in years <laughs> since like oh 2008 <laughs> since yeah that was the last time it was in the 9 p.m hour at least pretty pretty cool if you're a naruto fan and if you're a naruto uh, fan. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just do not pay attention to that show i i and don't I, I, it, it just it's so endearing for people and people just latch on to it for so long i don't i don't get it boruto is the number one manga on the manga plus service i'm just like really wow I, I like like i was i like naruto came out when i was just like a prime anime fan mode and it it i still just kind of kind of don't get why it's uh how it's been able to just stick around for so long like that it's it's weird but you know it's fine i can't <laughs> Uh, there's something I don't see that's, you know, it's probably more my problem than anything. Yeah, I'm, I, I used to be a big fan of Naruto, kind of pre-shipping in, and honestly, it just, <laughs> I just don't pay attention to it anymore. When it ended, it was like a high school reunion with people that I hadn't spent any time with. <laughs> mm. yeah. It's like, I'm glad for you. <laughs> but, I have not paid attention to you for a decade, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was like an avid Naruto fan until that final arc, and then it all went downhill for me. Uh, you know it's a bad final arc when it kind of soils your appreciation for everything else. But I, I stand by the the pre-Shippuden stuff is largely a pretty darn good shonen. So, oh yeah, there's that. Particularly as a manga, it's it's fine as an anime, though there's filler. Not that much filler in pre-Sasuke Naruto 
ending things and what 135 and then oh gosh so much filler until 220 <laughs> and all that ship it and filler gosh ship it is like a third filler <laughs> i don't know how people watch all those episodes either man i do not know but it's gonna keep running on tsunami until it ends from the look of it Another another two years to go on that, I think. Uh, I think it's more than two years. More than two? Hmm. They're in the well, three hundred. They're in the three hundreds. There's well, five hundred episodes. Yeah, if it's work. If it's working, it's working. So. Yeah, I mean, they hardly promote it outside of like snippets and music videos and lineup promos, and it just it does fine. And now they're even running it outside of Toonami, so must be doing something right. There's a reason why the show was like the number one anime on Hulu for years. And uh, I feel like it's kind of like The Simpsons. People just keep watching it out of habit. Even if it's on at two in the morning, apparently. Search me. <laughs> it's it it's fine, though. But since we talked about the kind of odd level of success that demon slayer has i feel like it's kind of equatable to bleach in that regard that people just kind of like that kind of chanbara swordplay type anime and when you have one that's got interesting enough characters and nice visuals then people just kind of appreciate that more than a lot of other series just kind of seems that the way it is. Yeah, I mean, like, Demon Slayer, I, I kind of get it. Because, like, it's all a situational thing with it. It was at the right place at the right time and, like, the Shonen mm -hmm. Jump lineup. And it's different enough from other series at the time that it stuck out. But yeah, yeah. like, it's, it's weird it's, sometimes. Some things just get successful out of luck. Perfect storms. Will Blade Runner Black Lotus be a perfect storm? Probably not, but <laughs> Warner Media sure hopes so. <laughs> and we will hope that that's the case for it. Yeah, we just gotta put it on a train. Trains apparently sell. <laughs> yes. I mean, I was so disappointed that L wasn't on a transport train. I was like, oh, come on, it could have been a train. <laughs> You gotta go back to the throwback of somebody escaping to somewhere on a train. Come on. That's a classic. Remember, folks, uh, nothing bad ever happens on a train. That's right. This laser kid's not here to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so Willard will say it for him. Uh, yes. And we don't know what the Toonami lineup will be for the weekend of Thanksgiving on uh, November 27th. We now know that the lineup on November 27th will be the same as the November 20th lineup. That means a new episode of Blade Runner Black Lotus, followed by an hour of back-to-back -back Yashihime. Then the last episode of Food Wars, the fourth plate, at 1.30. Then Naruto Shippuden at 2. And then all the usual reruns. That means you get the regular lineup and a movie. Pretty sweet deal. But the 
Blade Runner feature movie will be playing on the Friday the 26th, as mentioned before, with the Blackout short airing at 11 p.m. and then 2049, the movie starting at 11.15. And then just in case you still wanted more Blade Runner content, you can rewatch the first three episodes of Black Lotus after that. It's uh, it, it's cool to see Toonami on a different night. And I don't expect they'll make a habit of this, but how cool would it be if they had like Toonami feature Fridays where they would play a movie and maybe some other special programming with the Toonami rapper? That would be pretty cool. And also kind of uh, deal with the dilemma that they have when they want to like want to play a movie but they don't want to preempt the regular lineup that much. I would like to see that. I mean, they got all those DC movies. Just play all of them. <laughs> like yeah, that's, that's what Canada, they do on the. That's... They do on yeah. Saturday, it's the Saturday night thing. They just play them, and uh, we don't, we don't get any as recent as Long Halloween, but they've they've gotten through pretty much all of them at this point. Well, the most recent one was uh, the Justice Society. Which is pretty new, mm-hmm. I want to say. I think it came out sometime this year, but not not as new as the Long Halloween. But I'm yeah, I'm sure. Well, at this point, they might just wait until <laughs> next Halloween for it. But well, missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that probably will pop up sooner than that on Adults from Canada. I would think. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll let you listeners know when we know what the November twenty seventh schedule is. But the twentieth is pretty much the schedule we had this week. Only instead of two episodes of Black Lotus, you have two episodes of Yashihime, and your mileage may vary on whether or not that's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, um, if you want to really, if you want people to get the best possible impression of Blade Runner Black Lotus. Running it back to back with Yahoo may be a winning strategy. <laughs> and let me note that they're they're still running the promos like, hey, if you like to get Yasha, then check out Yashihime coming up next. Like, well, I guess I can't blame you for doing that. Also, they snuck in some Inuyasha and Kagome in the latest Tsunami made music video. I was excited to see one of those. It's been a while. It was a pretty good one too. I think I think yeah, it was a good mashup of clips. I was still thrown off for a second because the Fena clip made me think it was IGPX. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Oh, that's Fena. Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> a little confused there for a second. I mean, it doesn't even look that much like IGPX, but for some reason, I just—it's the head shape, I think. Yeah, I mean, it is a production IG show, so. But and uh, I hope we get Fena in Canada at some point. It, uh, yeah, I hope you get Fena. It's... It, it totally there's actually it totally doesn't make sense why they didn't run it when it was running in the U.S. There was no there was no reason not to. They they have it. They own it. They've paid for it. Technically, it's part of their their deal. So yeah. I uh, I hope that happens, and uh, I hope I hope people make more noise about that because I know it's not like. The best show. I've heard. I've heard a fair number of criticisms about it. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I want to see them. I want to watch it on Adult Swim Canada. I want to. I want to check it out. And I. Uh, I hope they. I hope they get it. And I hope they. I hope now that they've now that Blade Runner has set a precedent, they at least simulcast Shenmue and Uzumaki. 
Yeah, hopefully. Email yeah. Adult Swim Canada. Tell them you want it. <laughs> I'm at least moderately hopeful that uh, Blade Runner will attract enough attention that they'll be like, you know what, maybe we could rerun Blade Runner and also throw on these other anime with it. I mean, honestly, it just makes sense. <laughs> That's just, just from a business perspective, it makes sense to use that content you already own. So it would have made more sense to run them all together, but uh, it, yeah. <laughs> Looking over at Toonami in the U.S., they're not really launching anything new with Blade Runner Black Lotus either. So no, they're not. Which is a head scratcher, I gotta say. Like clearly, they they want this to be a big deal, and maybe they're concerned about, you know, not letting it shine enough. If there was something else big, like I don't know, the second season of Demon Slayer, <laughs> maybe give. You get Black Lotus a little breathing room before bringing that in, but... Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, uh, it's not really that important, but uh, Alessia Cara is Canadian, and I wonder... I, I'm surprised that hasn't been used as, like, a oh. promotional point for the series up here. She's from... Yeah, she's from Mississauga, Ontario. Uh, I don't I don't know if her music counts as CanCon, though. Um, <laughs> ten, ten, ten <laughs> depending on, how, on, on the production. <laughs> Depends on... Uh, <laughs> On, on the um, production, a whole bunch of specific production stuff. Well, but, she does uh, both the opening and the ending, so yeah. there's, that's a cup, couple of minutes on both ends. So. <laughs> She'd be leveraging this shit. Come on, Adult Swim Canada. Like 10% 10, 10 can come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Well, now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, I guess we'll get out of here so i'll do the house cleaning real quick here you can email us at podcast at tunamifaithful.com you could tell us what you thought of blade runner black lotus or fena uh, pirate princess or you know anything else that tunami's doing and you can follow us at facebook.com backslash tunami faithful podcast and on twitter at tunami podcast you can listen to us on uh just about everything including itunes google music spotify amazon all, all the streaming podcast things. And you can find every episode of the Tsunami Faithful Podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com backslash Tsunami Faithful Podcast. That's also where you can find our spinoff, the uh, Fenacast, which we are sort of continuing with additional interviews and uh, additional episodes discussing the show. And, well, we'll certainly continue it if it actually gets a second season, but we... <laughs> Fingers crossed! <laughs> And you can get the latest news by following at Toonami News on Twitter and read the news, views, and reviews on ToonamiFaithful.com, such as V-Lord's three-episode review of Blade Runner Black Lotus. Haha. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> and you can subscribe to the Toonami Faithful Pass on Patreon.com backslash Toonami Faithful if you want to help us out and like our content. And if you do so... Uh, with the Toonami Faithful Pass, you can get exclusive behind-the-scenes extended clips of the full-length interviews from CJ's documentary, What Toonami Means to Me. Uh, the most recently uploaded one, as of November 8th, is the Brandon Winkler segment. And if you didn't realize, Brandon Winkler was UGO on SAO Alicization, but more recently, he was one of the twins on... Uh, he was he was Enju, I believe. Yes, he was Enju in uh, Fena Pirate Princess. He doesn't talk about that, of course, because that interview is fairly old at this point. But wouldn't it have been great if he had? 
maybe, maybe we can get him back to talk about Fena Pirate Princess. That'd be fun. We already had his twin on. Uh, we we had uh, Daryl Delphin and in a uh, recent Finnecast interview, which was done by CJ and Celia. It's very fun to listen to. You should check it out. Again, that is on soundcloud.com backslash Toonami Faithful Podcast and our Patreon is patreon.com backslash Toonami Faithful. Okay. Wait, should I give my contact info? <laughs> yes, please do. Tell us about Zanin Canada. Yeah, so you can find uh, me, Jesse, uh, on Twitter at jbetteridge. You can find my podcast Zanin Canada at zanin.ca. Uh, Zanin Canada is a podcast that focuses on the connections between anime and Canadian media and anime in Canada. So if uh, you are Canadian, it's definitely something you probably want to check out. Or if you're just interested in hearing about stuff in Canada or uh, just want a little bit of a different perspective of what's going on in the anime industry right now from outside of the United States. We, uh, we do our best to deliver that as well. Uh, but you can, you know, I have uh, lots of cool guests. We have Mike Tool, uh, Dave Merrill, uh, Don from Anime Nostalgia Podcast. They've all been on the show. We've talked about all sorts of stuff, current and classic, on uh, both English and French um, anime history. So, yeah, check that out if you're interested. And Velor, tell them where they can find you and your stuff. Yeah, uh, people can find me on Twitter at VLORGTZ. And like Sketch mentioned, I also write for Chime Faithful, so you can check out my editorials and reviews over on there. As well as also for all-comic.com, uh, so you can check out manga and light novel-related reviews over there as well. And then my main podcast is the Demon Slayer podcast on Twitter at DSlayerPodcast. Uh, we're currently going through season two of Demon Slayer uh, and rewatching the Mugen Train arc for like the fifth time. It kind of gets exhausting after a while. But yeah, if you're interested in hearing about that, you can go over there and also do a bunch of other podcasts, which you can find on my bio. And you can find me at Twitter at Sketch1984. And because I probably won't have the opportunity to say this uh, another time, because I'm pretty sure this guy is dead and won't be coming back. <laughs> uh, one of the guys that uh, attacked L looks so much like Norm MacDonald. You notice that guy? He was um, he was in the 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 first two. The the guy who um, told Doc Badger to make sure to tell him if the girl came by. I swear he looks so much like Norm Macdonald to me. Was he the one that L stabbed? Or no, like the L burly stabbed, guy. L stabbed the uh the the bald guy. Oh, okay. This guy had hair. Oh, okay, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, he he had uh he had kind of a uh, uh, used car salesman smile yeah yeah that guy yeah didn't he look like norm mcdonald to you i guess kinda i haven't seen a picture of norm mcdonald in a while maybe uh. let's see okay uh yeah I, I see it now huh yeah I, I just had to get that off my chest i should have done it sooner <laughs> i've been just holding this back this whole time <laughs> I just gotta tell the world that that guy looks so much like Norm Macdonald. And that's pretty too, because, like, he's also Canadian. Ah. 
Very relevant. Even more relevant. <laughs> Another connection. Norm McDonald. May he rest in peace. Uh-huh. Wonderful comedian, actor. Loved him as Pigeon in Mike Tyson Mysteries. He was always very, very funny. Uh, speaking of Canada, uh, I was watching a video where somebody's talking about um, Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation, and I remembered that Kirby Morrow was Michelangelo, and then I was like, oh, miss you, Kirby. Yeah. Real sad. Too young, man. The yeah, the the, the news about Kirby Morrow's death has made me even more upset that Funimation, when they did their redub of Escaflone, uh, they or they chose to do a Kickstarter um, to fund a, an entirely new unnecessary dub when they could have just sent <sighs> it back to Vancouver to just have all of those actors reprise their roles just to do the that extra like 10 minutes of footage, which I think they easily could have done. And, you know, I was just like, back that back then in 2014, I was just like, oh, uh, it makes sense that they recorded in their own studio, but now I'm just kind of pissed off that they did it that way. Uh, he was villain, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Oh, man. <sighs> that is a shame. Oh, and also relevant to Canadian voice actors, most of the X-Men 90s cast is returning for X-Men 97. I'm excited. That's they're I, uh, it's not really going enough, for the nostalgia there. It's not enough to get me to subscribe to Disney Plus, but that's, I'm glad to see that happening. It's a, it's, a, it's a good idea. Maybe by 2023, they'll have more that you care about. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're, 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 they're trying. They're trying. Or- or some anime that you want to watch and can't see anywhere else. <laughs> oh, they all they've they, they've already picked up two at least two titles I want to see. <laughs> so I mean, you guys will probably get them on Hulu, but they'll be on Disney Disney Plus Star here. So, mm. I think they actually are supposed to be on Disney Plus here because otherwise they would have announced them for Hulu. I would think. Well, that was that was all the Japanese presentation when they were talking about the anime. And when uh, they and when they announced at least summertime rendering when they announced that one it had the star branding on it, so I oh. I'm making a bit of an assumption here, but I think all of those anime titles are going to be on Disney Plus Star, and probably yeah, because like they just launched Star in Japan, and the same day they launched Star they launched launched a bunch of anime, so I think that actually I think this. You know, I, I could be wrong, but this might be an indication of like where Hulu's anime strategy is going in the future. And that's like in step with hmm. what Disney Plus Star is doing globally. Well, that is interesting. I but, there there are some shows that Hulu has licensed directly. Like we we have no idea where that Gintama dub came from. God, that terrible Gintama dub. <laughs> Yet more relating things to Canada. Oh yeah, that Gintama movie. Just hey, uh, they they, they brought uh, they they brought Cole and Michael back for the movie, even though they were replaced by Florida Man in those uh, seasons one and two. Dubs. Yeah, I feel a little bad for Florida Man because he clearly likes the show, and I think given the opportunity, he probably could have done a much better job. But yeah. I, they probably did. They probably were very constrained in that production or 
something. I don't know. But <laughs> I am now imagining a picture of Gintoki with the subtitle Florida Man. <laughs> and it seems perfect, honestly. It seems perfect. All right. Well, we've uh, we've said all our stuff, so I just want to thank you listeners for listening to the podcast each and every time that we put out a podcast, and uh, we hope you enjoyed our conversation, and until next time, we're punching out. See ya. See ya.